Hello there. Poly in Greek means many, and amor in Latin means love. That there you have the basic definition for polyamory. Essentially, polyamory is the practice of a non-exclusive intimate relationship between multiple people, as opposed to monogamy, which is the practice of an exclusive intimate relationship between just two people. But a key thing to know about polyamory is that it is known and consented to by all parties that are involved in the relationship. Which is why cheating doesn't constitute as polyamory. Obviously, not all parties know about it, and if they do, I can tell you they probably don't consent to it. Cheating is in fact considered social monogamy. People have a common misconception about polyamory, and that's that polyamory is all about sex. But it really isn't. Polyamory is about intimacy. Sex can be an aspect of intimacy, but it's not necessarily required for intimacy. The way to understand intimacy is that it is a sense of closeness or connection with somebody to the degree that you penetrate their internal world. You see into them. You feel into them. You understand them. You listen into them. And vice versa. This is a deep act of sharing. Because polyamory is really about intimacy, there's many different types of polyamory. For example, there's emotional polyamory. You've probably never heard of that before. That's when somebody is emotionally involved on a deep, intimate level with multiple people, but not necessarily romantically or sexually involved with multiple people. Just so you know, most people who are deeply spiritual are, in fact, emotionally polyamorous. There is romantic polyamory, where a person is emotionally and romantically involved with multiple partners, but may be sexually monogamous. There is sexual polyamory. This is, of course, the style of polyamory which is the most well-known, where a person is sexually interacting and connecting with multiple people, multiple partners, but may or may not be intimately involved with them on an emotional level and a romantic level. Sexual polyamory is often called swinging. There is bigamy, where one person is married to two or more spouses. There is cluster marriage, where two or more married couples cohabitate and exchange partners. There's complex marriage, where all male members of a group are married to all female members of the group. There is intentional family, where a group of multiple adults decide to consider each other a single family, regardless of the fact that there is no marriage or blood relation that unites them. The bottom line is, there are just too many types of polyamorous arrangements to detail each one in this episode. But what's important to know is that polyamory is intimate relationship with more than just one person when all parties involved are knowing and consenting of those relationships. It is true that the human mind thrives on single-pointed focus. This is why the fixation on one person that we're so incredibly interested in being with feels so sweet to us, at least for a time. But the truth is, monogamy is not a state that is natural to the physical human being. It is a byproduct of social structure, and the world today is proof of it. Faithfulness to one spouse and lifelong monogamy, though it is a societal expectation across most of the world today, is in fact very rare. Let us not forget that physical humans are mammals, and only a very small number, less than 5% of mammals, form lifelong monogamous bonds. 
As a species, we have not socially expected lifelong monogamy from one another until land ownership came about, and suddenly women and children became extensions of property. Before that, females tended to be more monogamous than males, as their fidelity guaranteed a provider for them and their children, for at least as long as it took to raise a child to the point that they could fend for themselves. To some degree, both males and females began to pair bond for the sake of the offspring. But sorry to say, it was natural to our organism for the male human to mate with multiple females. Essentially, both males and females of our species played a cost-versus-benefits game when it came to fidelity. It just so happened that over the course of history, females had a lot more to lose. Let me make this straight. A genuinely monogamous species does not address fidelity through the lens of cost versus benefit, because it's natural to them. So essentially, as people became more and more modern, there was a point in time where the cost of infidelity became so high for us as a social group that it was a social movement or decision that we needed to be monogamous. And it is that belief that was then fed down through the generations and we now live with today. You have been societally programmed to believe that marriage is the end-all be-all of your life. But if you took a human being and did not expose them to our societal programming, their natural inclination would not be to pair bond for very long. They would have single-pointed focus until that single-pointed focus waned. Before we dive into a conversation about polyamory and why polyamory might be a good choice for some people, I think it's really essential for us to look at the downsides or the cost of polyamory. Humans can maintain fidelity with one person without becoming miserable as a result of resisting themselves. We are, after all, a species that is capable of being conscious. But fidelity is something that needs to be a conscious choice and a conscious discussion between partners. To understand more about this, watch my video on YouTube titled Fidelity and Infidelity in Relationships. We may do well to consider the possibility that in today's current age, the cost of polyamory may be in fact too great to make it a good decision overall for all people. We must know that regardless of our more natural tendencies, there is nothing whatsoever wrong with marriage. Marriage can be an extremely beautiful thing and even a beneficial idea in today's age. To understand more about this, watch my video on YouTube titled Marriage. So let's address some of the costs of polyamory. First and foremost, make no mistake, you are working against a society that does not believe in polyamory. Currently, society endorses monogamy. When you work against any structure within society that is accepted, you are going to meet with an extreme amount of resistance. This is not going to be easy. People are going to harshly judge you for it as a result of their own societal programming. And there can be serious consequences on a temporal level, such as losing custody of children, for example, that can occur as a result of those judgments. They will think you are doing something wrong and bad. You will most likely grapple with a heavy dose of shame. And today's society is set up to legally recognize only one partner and only a nuclear family unit. Given all this, it is very difficult for your polyamorous lifestyle to not turn into a method of rebellion instead of a genuinely in-alignment choice. Two. You will be working against all of your deeply implanted societal programming 
when it comes to this relationship, every one of your relationship insecurities is bound to come up. This is why jealousy is such a big issue when it comes to polyamory. Here's an example of what I mean by this. Because of how we are raised as children, we come to believe that our own worth is obviously going to be reflected in other people's attitude towards us. So if somebody chooses to love us and only us exclusively, it means we're worthy, it means we're good, it means we're desirable. But the second that somebody loves someone else, we lose all those things. It becomes a matter of the loss of self-worth. Not only do you lose connection with that person, you also lose face. I have gone so far in the past in many of my talks to say that the human race will not be genuinely ready for polyamory until the point at which our sense of self-worth and self-esteem has absolutely nothing to do with other people. Has absolutely nothing to do with our relationship. <laughs> and I have to say as a side note, our ability to evolve into this place where we are ready for a polyamorous type of lifestyle in our relationships has much more to do with us changing our current method for how we raise and discipline children than it has to do with how we approach our relationships as conscious adults. Three, polyamory is all too often the very method that we use to avoid intimacy. This is all too true of many people within the New Age movement, which is ironic because those very people are the ones which are bringing the polyamorous lifestyle into our mainstream awareness. Polyamory can become a method of relationship anarchy. Relationship anarchy is a philosophy or practice in which people are seen as free to engage in any relationships they choose. In this sense, personal freedom is all someone genuinely cares about. With relationship anarchy, a person believes that committed relationships restrict personal freedom and that no relationship should be entered into or restricted from a sense of duty or obligation, which means that any relationship choice is or should be allowable. So there is no clear distinction between partner and non-partner. If we are afraid of intimacy or commitment because our closeness and commitment to somebody in our past ended up wounding us, we very likely try to escape intimacy in every way we can because we find it threatening. And polyamory is the perfect exit door. We can use partners to escape ourselves and to escape what we're afraid to face. The minute the going gets tough, instead of facing our own shadows, we can immediately jump to a new partner. Most of the polyamorous relationships you see today are in fact not polyamorous relationships at all because they do not involve genuine intimacy. They are swinging relationships done specifically to avoid intimacy and commitment. Four, it's about to get complicated. The reality is that it is complicated enough to have a committed, loving, deep relationship with one person, much less several. The drama level is going to go way up. So if you're the kind of person who wants to avoid drama in your life altogether, a polyamorous lifestyle is the worst choice you could make. In the future, as we evolve in terms of consciousness, this may not necessarily be the case. It's just that emotionally and mentally, we are not very mature as people. And so you are going to be getting into relationships with people who are in that state of lack of maturity. That is why the drama level is inevitably going to be so high if you engage in polyamory today. 
5, polyamory can be our way of incessantly trying to fill the inner void. True, the same can be said for marriage. If we feel emptiness or deep loneliness within us, which is of course an emotional wound we received from childhood, it's very tempting to use lovers or partners as an addictive tool. We essentially use it to try to cover up that vacuous hole within us. We become fixated on them because our partner is just that. They're just a fix. Six, any downside you could possibly imagine as a result of having no fidelity in relationships or being emotionally or financially involved with multiple partners or cohabitating with people is possible with polyamory. Now that we've outlined some of the costs, let's take a look at some of the benefits. Number one, the idea that one must have relational or sexual exclusivity in order to have a deep, intimate, connected, and committed relationship is simply inaccurate. Genuinely polyamorous people experience deeper levels of intimacy with their fellow men. Human beings lived according to their less-than-monogamous impulses for thousands upon thousands of years. This was not something that was done consciously, it was done unconsciously. It was done from a limited perspective. Our own consciousness caused us to evolve away from unconscious polyamory into monogamy. But that very same process of evolution is going to bring us from monogamy into conscious polyamory. Many people whose consciousness is awakening at this time can inherently feel into the fact that the natural progression of our species will inevitably lead us towards a polyamorous type of society. We are meant to awaken to and practice inclusive instead of exclusive love. However, by becoming polyamorous because it is the inevitable path of evolution is to rush progression. It's the same as trying to force a baby that is crawling to run before it is naturally ready instead of honoring that healthy monogamy may currently still be the path of highest progression for most people on earth at this time. It is not a shortcoming of consciousness for someone to decide to be monogamous instead of polyamorous any more than it is a shortcoming for a baby to be crawling before it is running. Some of the most awakened people on the planet at this time, people who you would expect to have polyamorous relationships, in fact have consciously chosen to have monogamous relationships because those relationships are what is in alignment with the highest good not only of themselves, but of society at large at this current time. We are capable of having deep, long-term committed relationships with multiple people regardless of whether they are exclusive or not. Those of us who live in intentional communities can attest to that. Two, consciously polyamorous people experience higher degrees of support than do people who form monogamous bonds in general. Where there is more love to go around, there is often more support. There's more people to pitch in financially. There's more people to pitch in help. There's more love to go around. There are more people available to support the children, if there are any. The merit of having more support in your day-to-day -day life is self-explanatory. Three, you get to experience much more of the gifts that come along with genuine intimacy. You will feel more connected to the world. You will feel and be living much more of a reflection of genuine oneness and inclusive love. Four, you will be forced to face all of your shadows involving relationships. Now what's interesting is I listed this on the negatives for polyamory as well. Why? Because we all know that facing our shadows is not that comfortable. 
But the good part about this is, you will have to separate your sense of self-worth from other people. You will also have to face all your shadows about control. The more people you bring into a relationship, the harder it is to control your external conditions. To put it mildly, the ego has a difficult time thriving in an atmosphere of genuine polyamory, the same way that the ego has a difficult time thriving in an atmosphere of healthy monogamy. Five, there are more people available to meet your various needs. This is not to be confused with using other people, but what we find in monogamous relationships today is that we tend to try to get every single one of our needs met through a single person. And obviously, we can't depend on that 100%, because they have bad days and good days too. Sometimes they can't give us what it is that we need. And so often when we're in monogamous relationships, especially if they're not working very well, we end up starving. We feel terrible as a result of it, and they feel terrible as a result of it, and quite often, that's when we start to cheat. Because you can't actually deny a need that you have. You have to find some way to get that need met. And oftentimes, people will get that need met to the detriment of their partner. Six, it is highly expansive. Anytime you are involving multiple perspectives in one relationship, you have a whole lot more people with which to bring together to find a meeting of minds. You have to see things from a whole different angle, sometimes several different angles. You will become an expert in conflict resolution. <laughs> For any of you who are interested, I actually did make a video on conflict resolution. Look it up on YouTube. With polyamory, life never gets dull. <laughs> Remember how before I said that if you hate drama, you should run the other way? Well, if you're the kind of person who easily gets bored and drama's your cup of tea, so is polyamory. <laughs> you're never going to have a dull moment. Anytime you have multiple people available to you and multiple perspectives to consider, you will never get bored emotionally, mentally, physically, or sexually. There is nothing inherently wrong with polyamory, and there is nothing inherently wrong with monogamy. There is also nothing right about either of them. We have to avoid making broad statements about what's right or wrong, good or bad, if we are to consider what actual choice is right for us to make relative to lifestyle choice and relationships. We must instead make decisions according to our own highest good at the time. We can be in a monogamous relationship to escape ourselves, and we can be in a polyamorous relationship to escape ourselves. We can be in a monogamous relationship because it's in alignment with our highest good, and we can be in a polyamorous relationship because it is in alignment with our highest good. What is most critical is that we objectively become aware of ourselves completely so that we are not allowing our own shadow to drive us into or out of relationships. Do not use polyamory to avoid and bypass what is painful to face within you, and do not use monogamy to avoid and bypass what is painful to face within you. And so I urge you instead to consider consciously evaluating the costs versus benefit of any relationship style that you are considering so that you can make a decision about your relationship style that is actually in alignment with your highest good. And above all, be open and allowing for that particular decision you make today to change tomorrow. Have a good one.